Oh, yeah, but I did see Puss in Boots yesterday. <laughs> I need to watch this movie. Everything that people have been saying about it, it's absolutely correct. Like, this yeah? movie is fantastic. <laughs> as good as Shrek 2? I, it's not as good as Shrek 2, I well, would say. No, nothing can be as good as Shrek 2. Right, but this was very close. Like, very close. Also, comparing it to Avatar The Way of Water, which I saw mm -hmm. literally the week before, uh -huh. I just don't understand why general audiences would rather sit through a three-hour rehashing of the same plot that like looks cool sure but like yeah. there's so many plot holes in it it like doesn't really make sense why some of the characters and actors come back or you could get this refreshing <laughs> revamp of fairy tale stories with like the shrek twist to all the fairy tales that you love with comedy and like great animation and it's an hour and a half yeah. It was amazing. I don't know why anyone would want to sit through a three-hour movie in the year of 2022. Oh my god, it's 2023. <laughs> <laughs> in the year of 2023, if you're not a classic, if you're not a Titanic, nah. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, but yeah, people, please give your money to Puss and Boosts, The Last Wish. Um, and I say that because you're probably like, what the fuck this is a child's movie this is not a child's movie i don't think anything shrek related is every person in the theater was an adult over the age of 25 every single person oh my i'm God. not joking like most of the male interestingly wow. enough okay but also like this movie deals with like some dark shit like it's literally a story about Puss in Boots grappling with his own mortality. Like, same. It, there are some <laughs> moments that are like, have I been living my life to the fullest? What am I doing? Oh my God. Like, it's that good. <laughs> I Okay, when it comes out over here, I will be watching it immediately. Hi, I'm Lydia. And I'm Sonika. And welcome to Pop Rocks and Tea, a podcast about all things pop culture. And all the tea that comes with it. Happy New Year. Happy 2023. We are so ready to kick things off this year. I think 2022 is pretty strong. A lot of shit went down in the pop culture world. Arguably too much. Um, <laughs> I'm sure 2023 will be no different. We've like already stuck our toe into awards season with the Golden Globes. So, yeah, and there's so much, like, interesting, fun stuff coming out this year. So, you know, we're going we're gonna to get into it. But, of course, first, we have to start with our little pop culture news recap. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to start right off with the Golden Globes, which took place on January 10th. This was the show returning to prime time after not being televised at all last year due to several controversies, um, including the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's lack of diverse members and nominees and also allegations of bribery. Hi, Emily and Paris. We'll get you in a second. And even this year, there were a good handful of stars that ended up boycotting the awards. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? Some of the stars, you know, called out the Hollywood Foreign Press Association about it as well. So I know Cheryl Lee Ralph from Abbott Elementary. She was one of them who spoke out about it. And it's also very special to be here the year that the Hollywood Foreign Press has decided to open up its hearts, its minds and membership to other people. A time this year when people are not judged by the color or shade of their skin for membership. Your gender does not matter for membership. Yeah, so I guess after all of this talk of diversifying the awards and also hiring Gerard Carmichael to be the first Black person ever to host the award show, mm-hmm. things were kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> I mean, both the movies that won in the Best Picture categories uh, were made up of predominantly white casts. The Banshees of Inna Sharon won for Best Musical or Comedy, and The Fablemans won for Best Drama. I mean, this is like always the case, right, with any, like, all of these awards, but I can see how The Fablemans would get it. It's Steven Spielberg's pseudo-autobiography of his childhood, but, like, the other one, The Banshees of Inna Sharon, huh (laughs) what what is it like the fact that they beat everything everywhere all at once like like glass Glass onion Onion. as well and glass onion i mean glass onion still i'm like (sighs) it was good i mean like deserve to win more than this but everything everywhere all at once are you kidding everything everywhere should have gotten it 100 percent best movie of the year sorry best movie of the year (laughs) absolutely absolutely there's no argument competition nothing exactly but also that's not to say that there weren't well-deserved wins as well i mean angela bassett won for black panther wakanda forever austin butler won for elvis Mm -hmm. and also like accepted the award talking in the elvis voice loved that (laughs) as elvis (laughs) thank you guys thank you for opening your hearts your your memories your home to me lisa marie priscilla i love you forever Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio also won for Best Animated Feature. Really loved that that movie got the award just because, like, I also, little sidebar, I got to, when I was in New York over, like, Christmas, I got to go to the Museum Mm -hmm. of Modern Modern Art. I can't talk today. And there is... (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) And there is an exhibit open now of like all the different sets that they use the puppets and like all the behind the scenes like footage is there and like even like the storyboards we got to see of like the movie and it was just really cool to see like how they that is really put this movie together it was so impressive but yeah it was just very cool to see that movie getting recognized and also michelle yo and kihui kwan winning for everything everywhere all at once then along came the best gift. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Shut up, please. <laughs> it was, they needed it. They needed it so bad. If it Wait. was anyone else, I would have been upset. So, Mom and dad, they did exactly. that. Also a big win for Jennifer Coolidge, who um, won for Best Supporting Actress for her iconic role as Tanya in The White Lotus. Um, extremely well-deserved, but also her acceptance speech. Best acceptance speech ever. So iconic. <laughs> I was crying laughing. She, she like, is Tanya. Like, 100%. I, Mike White, you have given me hope for... Just, you've given me a new beginning. Even this is the end, because you did kill me off, but it doesn't matter, because even if this is the end, 
You sort of changed my life in a million different ways. And my neighbors are speaking to me, things like that. And, and, and of course, I can't not talk about um, Natu Natu from the Indian movie RRR winning best original song. That was India's first Golden Globe win. Huge deal. Damn. And it's a big, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won um, Oscars for Slumdog Millionaire. That I remember. Day, but yeah, yeah. Golden Globe. Dang. Yeah, this is the first Golden Globe, and it's especially big for South Indian cinema because, I mean, you always like hear about Bollywood, but like South Indian cinema has really been in like the limelight last year, especially. And yeah, it's a great song. The dance that goes with it is a big selling point. So very happy about that over in um this part of the world. And yeah, yeah. Also, just great that like. Taylor Swift didn't win um, because her song was very boring. And I was very afraid they were going to go that route. Oh, if they had, I would have been mad. (laughs) See, listen, like, Natu Natu is not like, there are a lot of songs (laughs) that sound like that in Indian movies and like Indian music. But that does not mean that it was not deserving. Like, (laughs) you know? Compared to, like, the bland-ass song Taylor Swift did for a bland-ass movie. Yeah. Bland-ass book. Don't come for me. Everyone freaking loved that book where the crawdads sing. I was not a fan. I I never read the book. I just saw the movie, and I did not like the movie. But, again, these are our opinions. Don't come for us. Um, (laughs) uh, I think, like, the other snub for me was The Bear not winning Best TV Show over Abbott Elementary, which, like... Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love Abbott Elementary. I think it's brilliant. It's funny. It's wholesome. But the bear just like, it was the sleeper hit that like came out of nowhere and just blew up and every performance was brilliant. I love how dedicated the actors were to like getting everything like correct when it came to like the cooking and the preparing of the food and like the way that the restaurant works. Like- yeah it just yeah and it was just like a wholesome family story like with a great ensemble cast yeah this is a delicate ecosystem and it's held together by a shared history and love i have every intention of turning this into a respectable place of business eventually i agree i i honestly feel like even wednesday could have won over abba elementary i mean like i love abba elementary and they cleaned up during the Golden Globes, but yeah. I mean, rightfully so. I mean, Quinta won. Quinta's win kind of surprised me. I thought it was going to go to Jenna Ortega, honestly. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, yeah, Quinta's great. Like her character, even though she's not my favorite Absolutely character not. on the show, yeah. like she plays her yeah. part well, and like we love to see a BuzzFeed girly winning. I, we said this before. Yes. We'll say it again. She's living the dream. If I had known in high school. When I used to watch Quinta, that this would be her trajectory, like, I would have, like, followed her every move. Like, I don't even want to be, like, making TV shows or movies, but, like, she's living. Yeah. Yeah. The next big newsmaker that we have, which honestly is news that I wish I didn't know, but literally I'm not able to or allowed to ignore... Whatever Prince Harry wrote in his new book, spare. I'm like, spare me. I don't. I don't want to know. Enough. 
Honestly, I feel like every day there's like a new headline about this book. Even before the book came out, yeah, I was seeing headlines about like Prince Harry in his new memoir says that because <laughs> some of his, his brother <laughs> like and him got into a fight, and I'm like, yeah, and they're brothers. You don't see me and my brother, you know, being putting ourselves into the news every time we fight. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm like, like right. I'm gonna get heated before we even get into this. Hang on, let me chill out for a second. I mean, before we get into it, I mean, I will say, I will tell the listeners, we have made a list of all the ridiculous things that have come out of this book, and the list is so long that like we we're just gonna wrap it. <laughs> we take like, the time to like narrow it down, but like go, Lydia, go. It's go. ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, where do I begin? I mean, like obviously starting with his mother's death. I mean, big deal. Yeah very like sad thing he talks about when they told him that his mother's car crashed and that she's not coming back like heartbreaking shit that's that's the shit the i guess the public would want to know anything with princess diana is excused anything with princess diana i'm i'm okay with knowing exactly um him and his brother begging their father not to marry camilla interesting also Mm -hmm. tea fine um the frostbitten penis (laughs) Is the next thing on the list because I remember seeing that and I was like, what? Um, for context, basically it was like the night of Will and Kate's wedding and he was just somewhere cold and he he got frostbite on his penis. I I have to bring up the, the reel that I just sent yes. you. No, bring it up. So I, I just sent, literally before we started recording, saw this reel, which is a readout from this freaking book. And essentially it's like someone recommended that Harry use Elizabeth Arden cream on his penis to help with the frostbite, which like, I don't understand, but like, sure, whatever, whatever works, um, whatever works. And he went, Elizabeth Arden cream. That's what my mom used to use. And this person, whoever it is was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use it. Trust me. So he goes, I opened the tube and immediately the smell of the cream like made me feel like my mom was in the room. Okay. <laughs> I then took a little bit of the cream and put it down there. <laughs> no. Not that. Not this. Princess Diana is like, Harry, I knew William would embarrass me. Why are you embarrassing me? <laughs> She she's not proud of that. She's not <laughs> like she's not. Why did we need to know this? Why did we need to know this? Why do we need to listen about anyone? Everyone like share less. Why like I don't I, I can't even like understand why you would feel the need to share that you're you you had a frostbitten penis at your brother's wedding. It's just not relevant. Not relevant. No one needed to know. No one would have known. Right. Like, I literally I, I remember I like stayed up or no, or like woke up really early or something to watch William and Kate's wedding. I don't freaking remember what Harry looked like, what he was doing, whether he was sad or like holding his dick. Like I what? <laughs> like Yeah. Anyway. 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 We also continue, Lydia. He also talks about his recreational drug use. Which was controversial for some reason. He was like, I tried cocaine once. Like, 
Okay. Cool. Haven't cool. all famous people done that? I just know Obama <laughs> did that. If you're a rich white person, there's a good chance you could get a hold of cocaine. Like there's a there's yeah. a good chance. Um yeah. We mentioned this earlier, William and Harry almost getting into a fight. Uh William allegedly like knocked him to the ground after like saying something was it about Kate? I don't remember. I th- Ah, who cares? <laughs> Again, who cares? Anyway, Harry losing yeah. his virginity to an older woman, quote unquote older woman, doesn't really give much of a description, but people thought that was very scandalous. Um, <laughs> mommy issues? Question mark? Anyway. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Um, that's, that's what it is. Kate making Megan cry over the flower girl dress for her this, daughter. This I remember. This, this did the rounds in the tabloids um a couple years ago or or no during the oprah session i think Mm -hmm. yeah which i think is stupid because the way that he like retells the story like there was honestly just a misunderstanding between the two women and then like behind closed doors megan got upset like kate wasn't like yelling in her face and made her cry and i think that's the way the headlines made it seem and like obviously they're gonna sensationalize it like that but Yeah. yeah there's that um the nazi costume yeah this is concerning yeah to say the least this is this is probably the one part where i'm like thanks for letting us know wasn't it like was it had something to do with will and kate too like they thought they thought it was it would be um like a funny halloween costume and they both like couldn't stop laughing when he like tried it on i don't remember what the other option was there was another option but like this nazi costume was like so funny to them okay sure yeah bad move on your part harry you could have you could have yeah you could have just not not put on a nazi costume like if it's one thing if your relatives like like if your brother and your sister-in-law are people who find that amusing, like you don't have to give in. Yeah. To that. Yeah. You don't have to go with peer pressure. You do not have to do <laughs> what other people mm-hmm. tell you to do. Mm-hmm. He also said on Colbert that the biggest lie that his family told to the press was that he, he bragged about his kills in Afghanistan, which again, why uh, why do we care but again that was i cannot remember a single time i've heard about this (laughs) that's the thing it's like it it never came up until i saw a headline it was like the biggest lie harry says that his family told about him and i was like huh okay he did i he like killed like 23 people or something 25 23 25 yeah 25 that sounds right um that do be what happens during war. I don't. I don't know how the royal family. How, what he was a soldier. I don't know. I don't know. He. Yeah. I don't care. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then there's the last one is um. Allegedly, Camilla tried to leak a story to the press that Will was cheating on Kate, and I think Harry tried to stop it, or like he saw her trying to do that as a Camilla. You know, I'm not a Camilla hater. I'm a Charles hater. But as someone who's not a fan of Camilla, fine. If this is true, this is shitty. Yeah. It makes Interesting. No sense. 
But there was also, like, it was this, but there were also other instances in the book of him saying that, like, they leaked things to the press about, like, him and Megan, or, like, they, you know, didn't try to stop any headlines coming out about Megan that weren't true, and, like, you know. You would think that Camilla would, like, have their back. Then again, the same should be said for Charles, but... They're just trying to save their own asses. Like, it's every person for themselves now literally literally it's um yeah i don't care the thing is right the fact that this is coming out right after this um harry and megan documentary Mm -hmm. which was also like a snooze fest i think i watched two episodes and i was like yeah, I mean the whole. I watched the whole thing. It's their love story. You're so brave. <laughs> Thank you. It's their love story for the first half, and then the second half is like Megan being degraded by the press, and it also goes into the history of like British colonialism and like just how terribly the Commonwealth and the British Empire yeah. were to most of the African nations that they ruled, um, yeah. and like West Indies and stuff. But other than that, I did not get much out of it. So, like, if I wanted to, like, learn more about colonization, I'd watch a documentary. Correct. Um, Read a book. Like, I don't know. Correct. <laughs> um, I don't think that Meghan Markle is the person I would go to to be learning about that stuff. Um, I mean, they got experts. They got, like, historians. But they, like, tied it back to the way that they treated yeah. her. And that's the part that I have a problem with. At this point, if anyone still thinks that the royal family is not racist, like... (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, mate. There's there's no helping. Like, like Harry, Meghan, please stop making content for, like, whoever still doesn't believe you. Like, enough. That's the thing, is, like, we bring up these the book and the documentary because like what do we think that this was supposed to do for the royal family Mm -hmm. like was it was it supposed to i mean obviously trying to heighten harry and megan's image and vindicate themselves and be like here's actually what happened from our perspective but at the same time this is benefiting the royal family too because they're getting the airtime as well absolutely also, it's like, yeah, you, we want to, like, tell our story from our perspective. No, you're only sharing whatever you want to share. Correct. Like, it's not, like, the whole complete truth. And we'll never get the whole complete truth. And that's okay. That's fine. I don't – oh, my God. I was about to say I don't expect Queen Elizabeth to come up here. <laughs> rest in peace. Rest or peace. Uh, 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 How about rest? Whatever. Rest. Rest. <laughs> But the point is, like, it's just enough. Like, I liked Harry and Meghan. I still like them both as, well, actually, Harry, I don't care about. Meghan, I still like as an individual. If they had come together, done the Oprah interview, which was that blockbuster moment for them, which was the, like, big thing for the royal family, the big moment that they were unprepared for, whatever, like, didn't know what they were going to say, blah, 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 whatever. If they had done that and just chilled, just moved on with, like, other projects, 
it would be it would be like the classy thing to do like that's the problem is like they have the opportunity to move on and they choose not to and you know hopefully after all of this crazy press tour that they're on they can kind of just die down and like live their lives like in the documentary they're like raising two live little children life. that are adorable i'm like go live your lives and your little california ranch with your animals and kids and whatever like yeah you escaped yeah. the royal family to be in peace live in peace yeah speaking <laughs> of privileged children nepo babies um nepo babies uh <laughs> nepo babies that was quite the way to end 2022 that new new york mag article new york mag was just like hi like dropped the bomb on this entire <laughs> i'd be so embarrassed if i was on the cover of that edition of new york magazine um if you don't know the one that we are talking about it was the one where there's like a bunch of baby bodies and cutouts of different nepo babies on it so like dakota johnson ben platt um maude apatow jack quaid yeah maya hawk i think was on mm -hmm. the cover yeah, yeah yeah that's the one that entire article just had me in tears because we've kind of like been in this phase for a while but like the fall of the celebrity where like back in the day or like at least in like the 2010s i definitely think that there was still this like allure to like not greater than god larger than life like this larger than life person who you see on the big screen and they're so cool and like have like all of those like elements of like what it means to be a celebrity but now because of social media it's just like everyone can be a celebrity if they want to through like influencer channels but also it's just like the way that these nepo kids are like craving ways to like make it seem like they are like regular people like it's just there's no allure to them yeah and the article kind of goes into like the different kinds of nepo babies like they talk about you know the ones that actually like throw themselves into show business like their parents have done Maude Apatow for example Maya Hawk for example they also talk about the not so great nepo babies who like really just make asses of, of themselves like uh Chet Hanks Chet Hanks but the Brooklyn Beckham part killed me <laughs> killed me they did an entire analysis of like Brooklyn Beckham and how he tried to be a chef and like tried to <laughs> he was like he took whatever hobby he could find and like tried to make it a career and just like failed and I was like because he tried to model he tried to get into soccer yeah or football, football. whatever you may call it <laughs> but yeah nothing and he, he just ends up being an influencer I kind of anyway. he's just a like, wife guy that's his job he is he's a wife guy <laughs> but I do want to add that since that article has come out i think it's really funny the ways that the nepo babies have either responded to the criticism and also tried to take back the word for themselves yeah um i mean many of the nepo babies mentioned in the article like tweeted something like well you know we 
I had to go to audition processes like everybody else and like stuff like really trying to vindicate themselves. But it's like, we, we don't feel bad for you. And yeah. it just, that's not going to work. But then you have people like Haley Bieber. Honestly, I respect that so much more than like the virtue signaling type stuff that some of the other people have been doing. Right. She was like, you're going to call me that? Fine. Steps Fine. out in a crop top that says Nepo Baby on it. If that's what you are, that's what you are. <laughs> and now that image has just become such a iconic image in pop culture recently. Yeah. Uh, they made a Build-A-Bear of Haley Bieber <laughs> wearing the crop top. This is not a joke. This is real. This is 100%. Shut up. <laughs> you can't beat him. Like, you know? Exactly. The truth, the truth of the matter is, is that like, Nepo babies have always been a thing. In every industry, that too. In every industry. And they're never going away. And the matter, you could point it out. That's why I didn't really care for the article. Because I was like, you're, you're pointing out things that have been, we've been new. Yeah. We've been new yeah. about this. But yeah, yeah, it's not going to go away. And uh, just pointing it out is just going to create shit like this. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now moving on to 2022's parting gift, Emily in Paris season three. Uh, spoiler alert for the entirety of season three of Emily in Paris. If you have not watched it yet, uh, go watch it and then come back to this episode. Uh, but if you don't care about spoilers or you've already seen it, keep on listening. Listen, <laughs> you're not watching Emily in Paris. If you somehow manage to resist the car crash-like appeal of this show, I applaud you. You are stronger than than me. <laughs> You're stronger than most of us. <laughs> I, I truly tried to escape it. I truly did because I have seen the first two seasons and I told myself I was not going to watch this one. And uh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> and then I texted you. <laughs> Sonica was like, actually, you're going to watch it. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> but you you were happy with it. I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought that this was going to be absolute torture. And the first three episodes, I was like, please tell me yeah. it gets better. And it did. It did get a little better. Is this my favorite Netflix show? Probably not. <laughs> but for what it was, I think this season was different than the other the first two in the sense that like, I don't know, it was just more Im immersed, I think in Parisian French culture. Like there was more of like, you saw the food, you saw like the different parts of France, you got more people speaking French, which I think yeah. in the first two seasons, like Emily was like learning French in the second season. And then in the first season, she like refused to speak it. Which I was like, yeah. it's so stupid. If you're going to be living in Paris, learn French, you dumb ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I saw like a little bit of stuff online um, in the early stages of the show. But um, yeah, but it was about how there aren't that many like French people in the show, as in like French interactions but I think that you know compared to season one and season two there's definitely like way more 
Also, like, by season three, we're not, like, please let's not add any more characters to this Mm -hmm. story. It's too much of a mess as it is. Yeah. And this season, I think, was a very, like, transitional season in a way towards the beginning where you're kind of wondering whether Emily is going to stay in Paris and work for Sylvie or if she's going to move back to Chicago and work for Madeline, who was her former boss. Um, Obviously, it's called Emily in Paris season three. She's going to stick around in Paris. Um, (laughs) But I think the first three episodes in the season were such a drag because Madeline was still there, played by Kate Walsh, who I, I love Kate Walsh. But this character was annoying as fuck. I was like, go back to Chicago, please. There was no need for her to be there for that long. Like, so, and that's, that's like my problem with this show, or at least this season. I don't really remember um, much from the first two seasons, but there's just like no concept of time at all. No. Like, you have no idea how long. Like, how long have, like, Emily and Alfie been dating? Couldn't tell you. How long have has it been since, like, the pact was made between Emily and Camille? Don't know. Don't know. The pact being that she and Camille cannot date Gabrielle. Yeah. Which Camille breaks anyway. It was broken in, like, two seconds. Like, why two are seconds. we still, like, did not wait. on this pact? Stupid. Yeah. I'm like, how long were were Mindy and Benoit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the same, right? Yeah, how long were they dating? Because she got over that breakup like that. I mean, I know you got like a new hottie to like fill his place immediately. But yeah, damn. yeah. <laughs> Mindy's storyline was very interesting in the sense that, like, besides bouncing back and forth between two boys, um, I liked that they finally gave her like a good singing gig and like she was like a headliner and like that's all that she wanted to do and like she was very good at it. I liked that they had, like, cause Ashley Park, like that's her thing. She's a theater girl. She was in Mean Girls on Broadway as Gretchen Wieners. Like she can sing and dance and do the whole nine yards. And I'm so glad that she got to actually perform. What I did not like was people who can't sing <laughs> that they made sing anyway. I'm looking at you, Lily Collins, singing that horrible Alfie song. Fuck that scene. That was terrible. <laughs> What's it all about? Alfie. Oh, my God. That was awful. If I was Alfie, I would leave. We're done. We're done. Please. Like, I... I Cut the call. I think in the scene, go. he was like, please stop singing. Like, Cooper, please stop singing. I'm yeah. Like- yeah. This is not it. Uh, also, I'm like, Emily, how do you... I'm used to men fumbling the bag. How are you fumbling the bag so bad? So bad. With Alfie. Okay. The other thing that's going on with Emily's life is that, again, she has to choose between Alfie and Gabrielle. And for some reason... She just keeps getting put in situations with Gabrielle where they're like clearly on a date-ish situation and like Camille is gone, Alfie's gone, and they're like together. Like they do that little night where they go to the ball pit and like the big like, you know, balloon room. Yeah. And they also go to like the fancy Normandy restaurant and like, you know, have the discussion with the chef and and like the chef wrote like you make a lovely couple. And it's just like, 
I see what you're doing, TV show. But they have no chemistry. And Alfie is right there. Like, to be fair, I don't think Emily has chemistry with Alfie either. I think Alfie has the ability to have chemistry That's with bad. anyone. Hi, Alfie. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but Lucian Lavin's count is actually my boyfriend. Uh, he doesn't know this, but um, he's my boyfriend and I'm in love with him. Yeah, 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 and yeah. But it's an open relationship because yeah. I'm he's also my boyfriend. Yeah, it's fine. She gets him like yeah, Tuesday. We <laughs> 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 got a schedule. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of SZA's song, "The Weekend." I'll take nine to five. I'll take the weekend. Anything. Anything works. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Okay, cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I'll take Tuesday through Friday. You can have them on the weekend <laughs> through Monday. There you go. Perfect. 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 Sounds great. Um, but yeah, I'm obsessed with this man. He just. He wants Emily to love him so it's badly. So... And he has everything he like... going for him. He's stable job. He adores her and like takes her to wonderful dates and outings and like is constantly there for her asking like what she needs and like all this stuff. And she keeps going back to boring Gabrielle and I'm like, "Why?" I don't know if I'm remembering this or like quoting this like perfectly. But there was this one scene where um, Alfie was, like, talking to Cooper, um, talking to Emily. And I think this is when maybe he was, like, he, like, left to London for a bit or something. Or he, like, came back when she, like, missed that um, dinner. His, like, leaving party. Yeah. Yeah. He was, like, I don't even know if you like me. That should have been your first hint, mate. Like... You're too good for her. I, I, if I was Alfie, I would break up with Emily for her outfits alone. Like, that's the other thing with this show, right? The appeal is all the fashion and, you know, the same costume designer that did Sex and the City also does the show. Um, at least it was for the first two seasons. Not sure about this one. I think, I think so for yeah. this too. Yeah. And truly the fashion is terrible. I, I, I don't know what to say. Like, all the outfits are just, especially for Emily herself, horrendously mismatched. And it just baffles me, and this was a critique of the first season as well, like, how do they afford all these luxury designers? Sylvie, I understand. So, Sylvie actually yeah. has some of yeah. my favorite outfits in the entire show. But Sylvie looks freaking incredible all the you time. You know I was gagging when she wore that Scaparelli like black little black dress with like the little gold nipples on it. Oh my god. Oh A moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. The the Scaparelli moments were were good. Yes. Um but like there were just some outfits like Emily's zebra dress with the big shoulders, the little dress she wore to the Pierre Cadeau show. Mm-hmm. Horrendous. I wanted to puke. It's awful. Even the very first dress that she wears, the pink, it's like pink with hearts, but then she like puts this like ruffly, strange pink, feathery carpet on mm-hmm. top of it. Like, mm-hmm. and the shoes are always obnoxious. I hate it. I hate it. I hate but it. I mean, I get, I get it, right? It's like the point is for her to stick out like a sore thumb and like be this like really obnoxious American girl who like clearly can't fit in to Paris but like somehow still here Mm -hmm. 
I kind of accepted that, right? I was like, Emily's going to look ridiculous. It is what it is. And it, I think, like, making peace with that made it a lot easier to watch the show. Mindy. Mindy really did not. I mean, I never really liked a lot of Mindy's outfits to begin with. Because, I mean, her thing is supposed to be she's, like, an heiress. She usually goes for gaudy things. And for some of the outfits, I was like, fine. But when she wore that, like, pseudo-dominatrix thing on the the quote-unquote date with Nicola, oh, my God, that was terrible. It's this all-leather red get-up with the stupid beret. Dumb. Horrible. Horrible. And I was like, everyone's just going to pretend like this is normal? Like, I don't like it. Like, come on. There has to be a limit to the absurdity. There has to be. Exactly. I think the one outfit of hers that I actually enjoyed was when she did, she was in the Mugler jumpsuit and she did Dua Lipa. Yeah. Like that made sense. Don't show up. Don't come out. Don't start caring about me now. That made sense. Yes. Also, it makes sense why she can afford a Mugler jumpsuit like that. And it fit the performance. It fit the song. Like it's exactly like the one like Dua wears when on tour. So that loved that. The rest of it, horrible, horrible. I'm so good. I don't need it. They really did her dirty. Mm -hmm. Also, I think to go back to like Emily also like sticking out like a sore thumb and like being an American in Paris type of thing. I think one thing this season that I kind of liked and I, I don't know, something clicked for me about her character is I, I like to think of her as like a pseudo Elle Woods, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Legally blonde. Like, is she a little ditzy? Is she, you know, trying to be this, like, fashion forward, like, whatever, like, fine. But at the same time, she's, like, weirdly good at her job. Yeah. And, like, can finesse deals that nobody else can in the marketing world. <laughs> and, like, she uses all of her connections and is usually in a positive, like, she's usually a positive presence, you know, when going about those deals and usually is yeah. very optimistic and I was like okay I kind of like her her character growth thus far at least like I yeah. liked her a lot more than I did in the first two seasons that doesn't give her an excuse for doing some dumb shit <laughs> but I think if I didn't think make that little click in my head I probably wouldn't have watched the rest of it yeah, yeah, yeah. She definitely did. I mean, that scene when Gabrielle calls her and he's super drunk easily, like season one, she, she would have been in his bed at the end 100%. of the day. 100%. But she she kept it friendly, which is shocking for her. Yeah. And also the fact that she could keep her mouth shut about Camille and Sophia. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that affair. I was like, wow, for someone who can't stop talking, not bad. Also, the fact that, like, Camille and Sophia, this other artist that Camille meets uh, this season, like, had a full-on little affair and then went to Greece together, came back, no one said anything. Camille was just fully not going to tell Gabrielle about any of it. She was like, whatever, secret, secret. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't think that's going to bite you in the ass later? Yeah. 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 Especially because it wasn't even a one-time thing. I mean, not that that would make it okay. But, like, you went to Greece. 
Hello? You went to Greece mm -hmm. for this woman, and clearly you're feeling things for her that were not with Gabrielle. Yeah. So, yeah. What's that tell you? And then it all leads up to the finale mm -hmm. when Gabrielle and Camille spontaneously at their engagement party decide to get married. He's so happy that he finessed a Michelin star, that Emily finessed a Michelin star for him. He's like, let's get married immediately. He's like, I want to have kids immediately. That's, that's the way that I'm going to have a successful restaurant. Like, just, not, just what's the timeline? What's the timeline? I, he wasn't thinking that far ahead. He was thinking with his dick. Yeah. He was thinking with his dick. And they get to the altar. Everyone's there. They're in the church. They're doing the vows. And Camille's just like, nope, can't do this. So no, I'm sorry. I really am. But I can't marry you. And it's time we all just stop pretending. Has like a little meltdown, low-key. Is like yelling at her mom. And she's like, Gabrielle, you've always been in love with Emily. Emily's like, huh? Poor Alfie is like... Alfie's sitting there feeling like an idiot. Yeah. Didn't have to do that to Alfie. Yeah. I, just, I was just looking at him the whole time. And that man was in pain. So ridiculous. Yeah. And then it all falls apart. And then... She storms out of the church. It's a whole thing. Uh, Alfie is just like, I'm done. Which, like, very valid. Like you said, he should have been done a long time ago. And then Gabrielle and Emily are chit-chatting. And the reason that all of this is happening, kind of, is because Camille is pregnant. And that's where the season ends. I was like, really? You guys had to make her pregnant? Like, this show can't handle something as serious as, like, a child. Yeah. Like, they're still out living their, like, carefree Paris lifestyle. Like, what are they going to do with a kid now? Yeah. Also, like, how is she going to, like, drink champagne? This is what I'm saying. How long has she been pregnant? Because she's been sipping champagne. Right? That's the thing Makes I was sense. wondering. Like, I'm like, now I got to <laughs> – do I have to, like, rewind and be like, wait a minute – uh, right? Were the clues there and I didn't see them, but no. Right. Wouldn't have suspected that at all. I honestly didn't, like, I, when you said that there was a twist at the end, I thought it was going to be, like, uh, like Gabrielle proposes to Camille and then, like, Alfie proposes to Emily maybe at the wedding and then there's, like, a mix-up. Like, I, that's what I thought it was going to be. That would have been better, but... I, I should be right yeah. this joke. But... <laughs> the, the time period, like, I watched it and I was already, like, kind of, you know? And I was yeah. like, let me just get through this show. Like, I was in a flop era for, like, <laughs> I was flopping for, like, two days, okay? And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Ridiculous Emily in Paris will make me feel better. And then I was like, Camille's pregnant. And I was like, this is such lazy writing. Lazy. Like, out of all the ways to end a season, we could have done better. Could have done better. Could have done a lot better. Um, I did like the little um, subplot with, oh my god, I don't remember his name, Emily's coworker, who Julian? is mad at her. Yes. Yo, they need to give him more screen time. They need to give him more screen time. I was so here for him getting annoyed with Emily over yes. the way that she like just walks all over them and like completely like bulldozes ideas and 
takes control of literally every single pitch. It's annoying. It's annoying. Yeah. And so the fact that Julian yeah. like said something, I was like, thank you. It only took you a whole season to stand up for yourself. But yeah, please justice for him and Luke. Like, yeah, they are great characters and they barely get subplots for themselves. Um, I want them to be included in the debauchery. I want them to be included in the tomfoolery that Emily and Mindy and everybody gets into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next season, more screen time for them, please. <laughs> I think, I think we, I think Julianne is gonna get a job at the fashion, the LVMH knockoff, whatever it is. His villain era. I would love to see his villain, his villain era. era. His villain era. <laughs> I think so. I think Emily's pushed him towards his villain era. That's what it is. I would love to see that. And yeah, I don't know where they're going to take the story next, but I just hope that it's like carefully crafted and, you know, they put a little more effort into giving the characters like the time and space to grow and make decisions. Yeah. Yeah. And if they're going to continue this little baby plot, like they're going to need to be a little bit delicate. A little yes. bit of thinking is going to need to be applied. Yes, for sure. But yeah, overall... If you love the costumes and you love like Paris and pretty shots of France and you know the little spots that they go to that are cool and like yeah you're gonna love this but yeah if you're not into the whole Sex in the City like <laughs> it's, it's Sex in the City but like Paris um, yeah and like somehow a lot more in- just doesn't make sense nothing makes sense exactly. All right. That wraps up our first episode of 2023. Listen. Great to be back. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Make sure to follow us or subscribe to the podcast on your streaming platform of choice. Um, and we also have an Instagram. Yes, you can follow us on Pop Rocks and Tea Pod on Instagram. Yeah, it's a new year. We are going to be back on our content game. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to have a lot to discuss this year. Emily in Paris is just kicking us off. Oh, um, for sure. So, so stay tuned. Until next time, get some Pop Rocks, drink some tea, and don't get frostbite <laughs> on your penis. And if you do, don't write a book about it. <laughs> exactly. Don't do it. Alrighty. Bye. Bye.